1: 888- four three two seven four three four and now please welcome dr david anderson your bridge building voice in the nation's capital
2: good afternoon friends David Anderson live right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer or your smartphone, watching us on Facebook Live or YouTube, at Anderson Speaks is my handle there. So thanks a lot for tuning in. And, of course, on the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA, 105.1 FM FM. Right here in the nation's capital in Arlington, Virginia, covering all of D.C., Maryland, Northern Virginia, parts of Pennsylvania and West Virginia as well. So thanks a lot for tuning in. It's a big footprint. And, of course, if you're new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. First of all, of course, if you're not new, you can say it with me. Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, that's today. Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, and then open phone-in Fridays Anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. But today is Tough Topic Tuesday, and we've got a tough topic for you. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, you can already see i got a good-looking guest hanging out with me to the side here. His name is Pastor Rich Nathan. I'm going to tell you more about him after we pray, but here's what the topic is. We're talking about pastoring in the age of Trump. That's right, pastoring in the age of of President Donald Trump. While he's in office, what has this meant to pastors across the country and how do you navigate it? Whether you're a white pastor, a black pastor, Asian, Hispanic, whether you're Baptist or Methodist, how do you shepherd people who come from many different political persuasions? We're going to talk about that today. And then the other pastoral issues we want to bring to the table, comprehension begins with conversation. And I've got one of the best uh, pastors out of the Columbus, Ohio area, and all around the country. So you're going to want to meet them in just a moment. But before we go to the phone lines, let me open in a word of prayer. Let me also give you the phone number because now's the time to get in where you fit in. Here's the number, 888-432-7434. Or just remember the word bridge if you're driving, 888 43 Bridge. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to communicate and to connect, and we just pray that you would GPS our conversation today in a way that stimulates us and challenges us. It's in your name we pray. Together, everyone said amen Amen and amen. A couple other ways to get a hold of us, you can always go to Andersonspeaks.com. Or my favorite website, Embrace Gracism. Learn what it means to be a gracious and uh, start with me, building bridges wherever we can. Speaking about building bridges, Pastor Rich Nathan's with me today, senior pastor of Vineyard Columbus. It's a church in Columbus. The Vineyard churches are all over the country, but uh, Rich Nathan has led this church for many, many years. He graduated from the Ohio State University. He taught law there for a while, has a law degree, has written several books, including both and. Um, as well as empowered evangelicals Uh, rich is also the author of who is my enemy welcoming people the church rejects he was born in new york city he and his wife marlene have been married for over 40 years and they have two children and six grandchildren. Pastor Rich, thanks for hanging out with me today.
3: Oh, It's so good to be
4: with
2: you. I'm so glad Love that it. you're here. You know, we've worked together and served together for many years. And so being a pastor for as long as you've been a pastor, you know, we have all kinds of challenges and issues that we have to deal with. Before we jump into those tough topics, tell us a little bit about your ministry in Columbus, Ohio.
3: Yeah, so uh, I've been pastoring Vineyard Columbus for 32 years, Mm. and uh, it's a multi-site church. We've got five campuses. Uh, One of them is Spanish language. We call it La Mm Viña, and four other campuses around the central Ohio area. It's a multi-ethnic church. We've got uh, about... 45% of the church are people of color. We have folks from over 130 countries mm, attending the church. So it's it's a wonderful place and uh, boy if any of your listeners are ever in the Columbus
2: area just come out and visit us. Check out Vineyard Uh, Columbus. And so what made you get into the pastoral ministry some 30-some years ago?
3: Well, it was the Lord. You know, I was teaching at Ohio State, loved being a prof there, and really enjoyed my my work. But uh, my wife and I were also part of a small church in Columbus, and I was heading up our preaching ministry, preaching on Sunday, teaching during the week, both things were growing, mm-hmm. the church was beginning to grow, and then the Lord just broke in and spoke, and he spoke so plainly that I needed to leave and and uh, just, uh, you know, not look back, not, you know, put my hand on the plow and look back, and so... We uh, left the university and and just
2: began pastoring. How about that? Well, listen, I, I'm right here in Washington D.C. We've got listeners all over the place, especially uh, in the political world, and so we live this uh, tension right in the middle of politics. Do you find that in Ohio as well, or do people not really care what's going on in Washington D.C.? Oh
3: no, they care deeply. I mean, it's not within the beltway, so you know we're not we're not in the vortex uh, in of it. A, yeah the belly of the beast right uh, but uh you know Ohio's a purple state, you know it's constantly the bellwether of where the nation is going to be, mm-hmm. and so uh politically, we're incredibly diverse uh you know our church is really diverse. We actually did a survey we do a survey every two years, running through everything about mm-hmm. our membership uh from uh, you know, race and, and gender to ages and income. But we, for the first time, did political uh, questions, mm. and we discovered we're a bell curve. Huh. You know, there's uh, about a third of the church on the right, about a third in the middle, about a third on the left, and, uh, you know, range of opinions about all the hot-button issues. And so you cannot assume that when you're saying something, in the church that it's going to be heard the same way by that different you know those different
2: audiences yeah not a monolithic uh, sort of idea where everybody's believing and saying amen to the same thing when you step into the world of politics well that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to build a bridge between politics and religion is that possible and specifically how do you pastor in the age of trump in a sense trump has broken everything every so in a sense every uh you know political party it's not the same party before you know since he's come in or the agencies or the military everything when trump steps in things break or change or shift but it's not invisible it's not quiet and it's not uh inconsequential and the same is true for the church the evangelical church the christian church the non-denominational church even the multicultural church so we're going to talk about what does it mean how do you minister how do you serve in church world when you're also in Trump world. As soon as we get back, we're going to talk to you. Give me a call. The number is 888 432 7434. Or just remember the word bridge. 888 433 Bridge. We're talking with Pastor Nathan, and we're talking about pastoring in the age of Donald Trump. Mm, Man, got to be called to do that, brother. We'll be right back. <laughs>
1: Multicultural Ministry Handbook. What is multicultural ministry? How does it affect me? Why is it important? If you want to know the answers to these and many other questions, then the Multicultural Ministry Handbook is a must-read. This story was modeled on the pioneering planting of Bridgeway Community Church, where founding pastor Dr. David Anderson had the vision for a dynamic, diverse, grace-filled place. Authored by a group of folks who've been doing ministry together for many years, this book is a testimony of personal journeys and practical ideas for any church with the desire to do life as God would have us do it. The Multicultural Ministry Handbook, published by InterVarsity Press, can be purchased at your local bookstore, Amazon.com, or AndersonSpeaks.com.
2: basement fix give them a call 844-980-3707 that's 844-980-3707
6: Join our text community and receive a free weekly text from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 50555. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 50555. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson.
2: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, by the way. If you're trying to get a master's or you're trying to get a doctorate of philosophy and you're like, I cannot uh, just get away forever and move my life, then you want to go to OGS.edu, OGS.edu, Omega Graduate School, because you can get your adult learning degree, a doctorate of philosophy like I did, and you can still stay in your social profession. It is the sociological integration of religion and society. Check it out. O-G-S, that's O-G-S dot E-D-U. By the way, you know the new chancellor, so give him a call. Say, hey, I want to get a degree. They're going to work your tail off, but it's going to be worth it. There's no better research you can do uh, than the Oxford model of educating graduate adults. That's what OMEGA stands for. Today we're talking about pastoring in the age of Trump. I've got a special guest with me, Pastor Rich Nathan. And if you want to give us a call, our number is 888-432-7434. Or just remember the word bridge, eight 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 four three bridge right, Pastor Rich, so since Donald Trump has become president, has that created challenges for you as a pastor in well, Columbus, Ohio?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, y- in so many ways, you know, the country has become way more uh, divided along partisan lines. People hear what you're saying in a different way than they would have five years ago. Mm. Five years ago, if I would have talked about immigration, mm. there was um, a high degree of consensus even in the Christian community mm. and uh, bipartisanship. You know, look, it was George W. Bush that was pat- you know, pushing a, a comprehensive immigration reform bill, and uh, it eventually broke down. But, but there was a high degree of consensus around certain issues. Now Mm. that's really, really uh, changed. And so folks here with partisan ears, the rhetoric has become angrier. Mm. You know, folks are listening. We only get people an hour and a half a week, Pastor. You know, I mean, we we get them in church, you know, but all week long folks are listening to news and talk radio and all the rest. And people are getting angrier and angrier on both sides, Mm -hmm. on the left and the right. Mm -hmm. And so they're coming and they're loaded up. And then if you say something that, you know, you're just trying to open up scripture about uh, whatever the issue is, mm-hmm. they're hearing it through yeah. the lens of what they've been listening to all week, and it becomes much more difficult.
2: Right. It makes total sense. So even if you're in the creation account and you say, we ought to be caring for creation, that yes. could actually be sounding like a political agenda now.
3: Yeah. So now you're a tree hunger and you're, <laughs> you know, you're against uh, – creating jobs and you you hate coal miners and on and on and on right. and, you know and and so it just it, it's it's really become such a heated you know the solution has become so super heated mm. and then the rules of discourse have so altered i mean you know in the age of twitter you know in the Twitterverse, the social media it's nothing for people to just pop out the angriest kinds of of tweets and trolling and all of that even Christians
2: yeah and yeah. so
3: that's just become part of the way that we everyone including people who call themselves followers of Jesus are interacting online.
2: Mm, well, we're going to talk more about that. Eight 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 four three two seven four three four. Speaking about talking online, you know, everybody's online, right? Everybody's on Facebook, and so you got you got people in the same small groups, in the same choirs, totally. in the same services, and then they see each other on Facebook, and they have completely uh, you know, like they're they're singing Jesus is Lord in church, and then all of a sudden you see them online, and they're, they're like right. different people, and then the next ch- time they come to church, they're looking at each other side eye, and so it's quite interesting trying to now pass people whose political views are put on blast because of social media. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to run to the phone lines now, talk to Mike, who's on the road in Maryland. Hey, Mike, thanks a lot for calling. What are you thinking?
7: Well, I go to a very liberal church where maybe 5% voted for Trump, and we've actually seen an attendance increase probably because of the animosity towards Trump. So it, it's never been stated as its pastoral policy, but mm-hmm. from what I can see, you hammer away with both hands until they're
2: sore. Mm. So are you saying because your church happens to be more anti-Trump, more people are coming? Absolutely. How does that happen, Mike?
7: And, and we, fi- well, we find plenty of reasons to point him <laughs> out as an example of how not to love one another and
2: ah. how not
7: to be a good Christian. So it okay. provides continuous topical examples.
2: Does your pastor preach about it? Does he name Trump?
7: Uh, I mean, it, it's usually it's it's anecdotal, uh, anecdotal shots here uh frequently.
2: Huh, interesting. But
7: never a whole sermon about him.
2: But, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. great. Hey man, thanks for chiming in. I appreciate you. 888-432-7434. So, Rich, what do you think about uh, that that uh, church attendance in this guy's case? You know, at yeah. least he's saying has gone up because there has been a rallying around a certain kind of Christian love, maybe that can obviously say, you know, what this seems to be the opposite of maybe what is perceived of Trump.
3: Yeah, I would, I would wonder if that's you know a, a really uh, common experience. I would think it would not be. Yeah, I, I would think that probably uh, the opposite. Man. The opposite would be the case that. You know at a certain point, people really get tired of the anger and mm-hmm. and you know they're getting exposed to it all week. They come to church they're saying, "Man, can we just dial it down Is there any place where I can find a little bit of peace, a mm-hmm. little bit of you know can we transcend this current you know moment and and get in touch with the divine? I mean, mm-hmm. I want to get in touch with something that's eternal and so um, I would think that that uh, if anything, that would be an unusual experience. Not that churches there aren 't a ton of churches that would be pretty monolithic in their politics, because mm-hmm. I think on the right and the left there's most churches are like that, but uh, that church 's uh, attendance would increase because of you know, an anti-Trump perspective, I think that would be probably unusual.
2: Well, like you said, it's a, it was an ultra-liberal church, yeah, and so yeah. maybe that's the reason why uh, there was so much connection on that point. Well, what about you? Do you think that pastors ought to talk about politics uh, from the stage? How should uh, pastors engage social justice and uh, systemic uh, racism, and the problems in the world that maybe uh, public policy needs to try to help right. uh, uh, attack. How, how do you do that? Uh, give me uh, your thoughts on this. Maybe you have a question for Pastor uh, Rich Nathan as well. My number live in studio, 888-432-7434, or you can just download the app, Gracism. You'll see a little phone icon, hit that at a call right to the studio during the show. So that's a great opportunity for you. Uh, as well, that's triple eight four three bridge. Social media is big, Pastor Nathan. Yes. So, do you do anything to govern uh, the way people engage in social media?
3: Well, not uh, you know the average church member. I mean, that would be just an impossibility. I don't know how yeah, I would yeah. go about doing that. Yeah. you know, with thousands of church members, but you know, I certainly do in my own case and with our staff. And one of the th- things I learned. Years ago in pastoring, and this was just you know when people were just emailing or mm-hmm. uh, writing letters back then. It's you know a gentle word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Yeah. Proverbs fifteen one and yeah. and listen, if we respond with a gracious word, most of the time it dials down the heat. Mm. And so I mean we're we're called as Christians to have a certain style, not only what we're talking about, whether you know if that's not uh, completely partisan, but how we talk.
2: So how do you deal with the difficulties of what you might see in politics and writing what you feel on social media? Um, Do you feel like Christians ought to be – Baited into talking, or do you think it's almost better to just kind of stay silent and and stay back? Some believe that silence is consent. Yes, right. And then others believe that silence is a discipline right. uh, to not get engaged or sucked right. into the uh, rancor and all of yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, you know, I think you have
3: to pick your spots. I mean, part of the part of the deal is that look, you know, if we respond to every single issue that we're upset about. That's all we would do. And Mm -hmm. as pastors, I mean, we we're called to uh, care for people, to love them, to teach them the word, to, you know, evangelize, to marry people, to bury people on and on and on, visit people in hospitals. We've got a ministry that goes so far beyond being able to respond to every single outrage that's coming out of Washington. Mm -hmm. So you could spend your life just doing that. Yeah. So I think that part of the answer is calling. You know, I mean uh you know pastor you're called to be a bridge builder you're called to speak about culture and race mm-hmm. and you know I feel like that's part of my calling. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh one of the areas that i've been instructed by the Lord to speak about is immigration and mm-hmm. welcoming the stranger and you know it's all through scripture mm-hmm. so but we're not called to everything right, and so you know somebody might ask you about uh nuclear weapons uh, prevention or disarmament, you know, that's not really right. my call. Yeah, it's important, yeah. but it ain't that
2: important. Uh, so how do you deal with immigration then? Uh, build that wall. Build that wall. Okay, so you're preaching on welcoming the stranger. Yes, right. But how do you welcome a stranger with a wall? Like should it be a welcoming wall? Like yeah. with a, a, big, a big Trump? With a big uh, door. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> h- how do you how do you engage that? Or do you just kind of stay away from the build the wall and just talk about the principle of uh, bless the stranger?
3: Yeah, I, I think uh, – well, we can be – there's there's a spectrum here and i think yeah. there's something in between you know so so first of all i try to be really biblical uh-huh. and and what we're trying to do is is open up god's word and show that you know the congregation that one of the fundamental principles of scripture is care for the widow the orphan and the foreigner mm-hmm. and that virtually every time especially in the old testament that love and care for the widow and the orphan is there there is the welcome of the of the foreigner and so Mm. what i often will tell people is listen i don't want to debate politics with you but Mm -hmm. if i put you on a desert island with a bible and i just said to you this is the only book you can read and you need to come back and tell me what is god's view of immigrants like Mm -hmm. what does god think if you read your bible you would say god cares about immigrants the way he cares about widows and orphans he has compassion he welcomes, he honors, he would never say something that's disparaging, he would never call, you know, label a whole group, you know,
2: with pejorative language, any of that. Sure. But then you're going to have, of course, other people on the other side of that say, thank you very much, Pastor, I definitely totally agree with, let's care for them on the other side of the wall. Uh, Let's care for them in their country. Let's help them do better in their country. They don't need to come over here hey we're giving you both sides of it what do you think give me a call 888-432-7434 when we get back we're going to talk to another pastor so hold on be right back
5: message and data rates may apply individual results may vary exclusions apply
8: but hey i'm buying a huge flat screen tv so i can finally see it without my glasses
5: why not just get lasik at the lasik vision institute That's what I'm doing. Uh,
8: My glasses and contacts are a pain. I'd love to finally get rid of these, but who can afford LASIK? You can
6: because the lasik vision institute is offering dramatically low prices as low as 220 per eye with an absolutely free consultation text start to three five zero three five zero. the lasik vision institute has already performed over a million procedures they use advanced fda approved lasik technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 2020 vision for a fraction of what others charge better vision better value the lasik vision institute Make this the year you finally get LASIK for as low as two twenty per eye. Text Start to 350-350. You'll see for free if LASIK is right for you. That's S-T-A-R-T to 350-350.
9: Don Crow here, I'm sure you're aware that many of our brothers and sisters in Christ are suffering for their faith as never before in our lifetimes. Thousands of them being driven from their homes, imprisoned, tortured, and many more even being put to death all because they have the same deep love for Jesus Christ that you and I have. And what can we do about it? Well, first, of course, we can pray, and we must. We can also advocate on their behalf as the opportunities arise. However, we can also send them Bibles, something they are literally begging us to do and which our current campaign with the Bible League International is really all about. $5 $5 buys one Bible, 25 buys five, 50 buys 10, $100 buys 20, and so forth. So would you make that call right now? 1-800-YES-WORD, 1-800-937-9673, 1-800-937-9673, or you can give online at WAVA.com.
6: 800- 6717070 That's 800-671-7070. 7070 Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states.
2: is real talk. Dr. David Anderson live in the nation's capital, hanging out with you for the second half of the show. If you're just joining us, it's tough topic Tuesday. We're talking about pastoring in the age of Trump at special uh, guest, Pastor Rich Nathan with the Vineyard Church in Columbus. Well, he has another pastor who's on the east side of Columbus. His name's Pastor Charles Montgomery. Uh, Rich is white and Charles is black. So Charles, welcome to the microphone. How you doing?
10: Doing well, sir. Thanks thanks very
2: much. Thanks a lot him. for hanging with me. So, okay, so you and Rich been working together. He's a white guy. You're a black guy. You're trying to do ministry together, and then Trump comes. Boom, bam, what happens? How do you pastor in the age of Trump? Well, it's very interesting because when that
10: transpired, it was not um, long afterwards where we saw different stats that came out that said over 81% of white evangelicals voted for Trump. And so, in that sense, it began to start to cause a lot of suspicion uh, right. among people of color in mm-hmm. particular, and so it was going to be very important during that time, particularly as a pastor that not just we showed United Front, but that our words were there, we, our mm-hmm. words were very intentional in terms of our sermons, in terms of really talking about reconciliation, in terms of keeping the main thing the main thing, kind of more moving right down the middle, so that people saw that you could still be brothers and sisters in Christ, though not necessarily – agree with things politically
2: was it hard for you to see when 81 percent of white evangelicals voted for trump and you're in a multi-ethnic context was it kind of hard for you to kind of show up for those next few weeks and you're looking at folks just kind of wondering oh my gosh, these could be some trump uh voters and and maybe they're thinking differently do they still like me what's wrong was that confusion for you or for any of your people of color
10: I will say I can't speak, um, obviously, in terms of people of color, we're not monolithic mm-hmm. in that sense. So I can't speak for all people of color, and particularly in the Vineyard context. I do know, for me, I thought it was a major opportunity to begin to show um, what reconciliation was about. Mm-hmm. and uh, And so for me, it was very important to be there. It was very important to... Um, Engage in the topics. I know that our senior pastor was very um, intentional in terms of not just talking to the staff, but also shepherding us as a staff in Mm. terms of how to specifically engage with people in a way that um, understanding that there's people all all along the bell curve really talk about issues and not necessarily about the person and how from a kingdom
2: perspective we'd be able to approach specific topics. So it was, really, it was really uh, helpful then to engage it, not ignore it. A lot of churches ignored it, but to actually engage it, to have those conversations so y'all could learn how to walk together or continue to walk together. Especially in the appropriate settings. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, you want to take a couple phone calls? Sure, let's do it. Let's go to Anonymous in Springfield, Virginia. Hey, Anonymous, it's Dr. Anderson, and Pastor uh, Charles Montgomery. How are you doing?
7: I'm good, Pastor. How are you?
2: I'm alive and grateful. Thanks a lot for hanging with me. What are you thinking, sir?
7: It's an awesome show. (laughs) Thank you, brother. Whenever we can have an opportunity to talk about these subjects. But I submit that it will always start with talking about the truth. And the truth is the fact that we're all immigrants. Mm -hmm. And when my white brothers and sisters can truly embrace that thought process, is when they can open their eyes and see that they weren't the original people either. Hmm. There's a scene in the movie Goodfellas, not Goodfellas, I'm sorry, Good Shepherd, where Matt Damon is talking to Joe Pesci. And Joe Pesci says, he was talking about what everyone has. He said blacks have their music, Jews have their culture, blah, blah, blah. He said, what do you have? And he's talking to Matt Damon as a white man. And Matt Damon looks at him and says these words. He says, the rest of you are just visiting. You know, mm. he said, "I am the United States." Mm. And see, as long yeah. as they believe that, we will always have these issues.
2: Hey, let me uh, because let me just jump in real quick, uh, Anonymous. Thank you for that thought. You said something at the beginning. I want to pick up and give Pastor Charles an opportunity to think about, and that is, we're all immigrants. How does that somehow tie us together uh, with regard to African Americans, whites, and other? Uh, other people groups, do you think that that is something like this uh, caller talked about that could actually help uh, unite us in some way? What do you think?
10: Well, for me in particular, I think it it can unite us in a certain sense, in the sense that we are, uh, the caller says, immigrants in that sense, but I believe that we are all made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that, it shows because we're made in the image of God that you love someone if they're old, you love someone if they're young, You love them if they're black, you love them if they're white, you love them if they're Native American, you love them if they're Hispanic American, you love them if they're African, you love them if they're Asian, you love them because you know that God loves you and you're called to do that. Mm -hmm. And when you have that as a foundation in that sense, it begins to help us to navigate tricky issues
2: like that. Well, when you talk about love and at the same time... uh When you talk about love and at the same time you talk about uh, law of immigration, where's that balance? Because I can love the immigrant, right? But if the immigrant's on the other side and the law says, look, you're here illegally, is love taking care of them while they're here? Or is love uh, saying, you know what, go turn yourself in? When you get right right down to the ground of it, what do you do? I think that you really ask
10: yourself a question, what would Jesus do? And I know that Mm. sounds pedantic in that sense, but the Bible really clearly says to be welcoming to the stranger. Uh And so because of that, I believe that there, me personally, I believe that we should um, adopt a posture of welcoming. Now, once we welcome them in that sense, it does not necessarily mean that we ignore the law. But I do believe that you can, for example, if somebody's at the border, I do believe that you can give somebody a drink of water. I do believe that you can not necessarily put people in cages, but you can begin to start to engage them as human beings. Mm-hmm. And, once, and once we do that, then we can begin to start asking questions specifically about the law. But if we make a jump to the, conclu- if we, if we jump to the conclusion that somebody is a criminal, we don't see them as our brother and our sister, then I think that, that certainly um, is something that we need to reconsider.
2: There you go. That's a word from Pastor Charles Montgomery. Out of the Vineyard Church in Columbus, Ohio, East Columbus campus. Check them out if you're in the area. Coming back in three minutes. Don't go anywhere. Phyllis, Jerry, Brian, Arlington, Germantown, Aldi. We're coming back. Don't fret. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Been hanging out with some pastors from Columbus, Ohio, the Vineyard Church there. We had Pastor Charles Montgomery on before the break. And before that, to open the first half of the show, we had Pastor Rich Nathan. He's the senior pastor of Vineyard Columbus. We've got another one of his pastors. He's an associate pastor named Pastor Eric uh, Pickerel. And, Eric, uh, thanks a lot for being on Real Talk uh, with Dr. David Anderson. We've been talking about uh, pastoring in the age of Trump what has it been like for you as a as a white pastor who's an associate pastor at a multi-ethnic mega church? What are your thoughts on this?
4: Well, it's really difficult because, um, you know, folks are coming from such different places. And to try to speak to such different folks because we recognize that the gospel is political, but it's not partisan. Mm. And so we want to— What's the
2: difference there? Say that again. What's the difference?
4: Well, you know, Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. Mm. And so kingdoms, as we know, are— Political entities. It's Mm -hmm. about God's reign and rule. And so it has this worldly consequences and implications. And so Mm. we want to recognize that. We want to call people into that reality that changes this world and changes real people's lives today. But Mm. But partisan
2: means what then?
4: Yeah, but partisan is. Jesus wasn't a Republican or a Democrat. He so. wasn't?
2: Are you sure? I'm not sure. What do some, you think? some claim what do you them, think? them, don't they? Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> some claim them. <laughs> wow. And so w- w- does it take some more pastoral counseling to kind of help walk people through it at a coffee shop type thing? Because people really are dealing with this, even though we're worshiping together on a Sunday, right? That's right. And everything you say from uh, the pulpit
4: is read, unfortunately, through political uh, lenses. Uh, you know, and so to constantly bring people back to the scripture, mm. and say, no, it's actually the scripture we're talking about. We're not uh. talking politics, although it has political
2: implications. Interesting. Hey, listen, let's uh, take a couple of phone calls. You want to? Yes. Yeah, we're going great. to Germantown, Maryland, to talk to Jerry, who's on the line. Hey, Jerry, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: Hey, I'm blessed. Thank you so much, and and thanks for taking the call. Of course. Hey, listen, uh, just a couple of things, and I'll be quick. And. Uh, number one, I'm a Christian, and I find my identity in Christ, regardless mm-hmm. of the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to be careful about focusing too much on our differences, because yeah. it's Christ that matters.
2: Right, and, right. And
1: that's what, when I, when I look at you, I want to see how much of Jesus is in you. And I right. hope when you look at me, you know, you see Christ. Yeah. On, on, and in terms of the immigration issue, we've got to be careful with immigration, because it is controversial. Yep. But remember, the Scriptures are... The scriptures are written for believers, uh-huh. and so therefore, you're right. I'm to welcome the I'm to welcome the stranger. Right. I am. I I. What we're talking about here in the age of Trump is what this is all about. What the government should do. Uh huh. You know what our elected officials should do. Right. And I, I think that's a cop out for Christians.
2: Mm. It's easy
1: to say, oh, let's let the government do it. Right. No. Either we should do it, but I think we have to balance that. Right. With what the law is. And, right. and, you know, Christ doesn't want us to be lawbreakers. Right. And we just, you know, again, this is something where we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. But yeah. the most important thing is, regardless of who's president, C or R, black or white, male or female, yeah. you know, we're, we we gotta we got to stay focused on Christ.
2: Yeah, and you make a good point, Jerry. Thanks a lot for making it on my show. So, Pastor Eric, the whole idea of being focused on Christ is something we'd all say amen to, right? Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. So where's the challenge then? We should be all unified then. Don't worry about color. Don't worry about, uh, uh, you know, uh, denominationalism. Don't worry about uh, the immigrant. Just focus on Scripture and focus on Christ. We ought to be the most unified uh, religious group in, in the world then, yeah, right? Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? So is the problem is we're not focusing on Christ enough? If we would just all focus on Christ, then we wouldn't have to worry about Democrat or Republican in America.
4: Well, the the reality is Christ – created all of these different cultures and all of these different people and all of their diversity and experiences of the world and Mm -hmm. and also all of our brokenness of that world and so we have to contend with christ who created the world as it is
2: yeah and so if somebody says don't focus on color then if i'm in an all-white church we focus on christ across the streets the all-black church they're focusing on christ uh is there some reason why they can't focus on christ together Yeah, well, it's very difficult, right, because (laughs) (laughs) there is this thing called the fall, right? Because I love the idea of focusing on Christ, but it doesn't seem to truly get us where we need to go without some intentionality on the ground to say, so focusing on Christ must mean something bigger than me saying, you know what, I'm not going to allow their color or their uh, partisan politics to uh somehow affect me if it doesn't affect me then i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing they're going to keep doing what they're doing uh don't you think that focusing on christ is going to push us into doing something that is more multi-ethnic if we just happen to all be in the same area
4: well christ always it's always our job to get in other people's shoes right because Mm. that's that's what we do as christ followers and so for me as a white guy who grew up in a in a place where there were no people of color in my school, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: wow, my whole experience as a a person growing up is so different than so many of the folks in my church who are people of color that have experienced life in a very different way Mm -hmm. as followers of Jesus. And so it's only when we get together, when we hear each other's stories that we can actually walk this out. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It's different.
2: And if you follow Jesus, you're going to follow him in the places that are different than you. That's right. I, when I hear people say, "Don't don't focus on don't focus on color, don't focus on culture." Well, if Jesus didn't focus on purposely intentionally going through Samaria, right? That's right. I mean, he had to say, "No, I'm going through Samaria," even though my people don't do that. If he did not intentionally do it, you can't say he's not focusing on it. He's yeah. actually focusing on trying to reach out to people who are different than the norm. What do you say to that? Wow. I, think I'm, I just preached. I think I? you did. I think we had a little <laughs> sermon right there.
4: I think that's right. I think we have to, and that's what you're saying about multicultural church. You know, if I'm just hanging out with white people like me, it's so easy to have a white perspective, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and a white perspective of Jesus. And so it's only when we're with people that are different from us that yeah. we have a fuller perspective.
2: Well, we need each other, and I like what Jerry is saying about focusing on Christ. I just want to add some flavor to that because sometimes we can uh, hide behind that and don't even know we're doing it. Uh, Phyllis is on the line. She's from Olney, Maryland. Let's go there. Hi, Phyllis. Welcome to the show. How are you?
8: Hi. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking my call.
2: My pleasure. Um,
8: my question is this, and I don't know if it's been addressed already. My attention's had to be divided. Um, What I don't understand is, um, and and I do know, let me preface what I'm going to ask by saying that I know that um, human perception and interpretation are based on so many different factors, you know, psychological, emotional, so many things. How is it, though, from your perspective, that a person who is a true believer, follows the gospel, follows the Lord, um, can see... um, President Trump as somebody who's really, really, really good, good person, and just thinks he's doing a great job when so many of his policies appear to me to be anti-gospel, and and so many sure. of his behaviors, sure, a lot of the hatefulness, yeah, antichrist. Yeah.
2: Christian. Okay, that's a good question. Listen on the air, Phyllis. Thank you for that. I'm gonna ask Pastor Eric. Uh, so, how can a true believer see him as good? What would you say to somebody who's asking that question?
4: Well I think Phil is you know, the, the point we were just talking about, you know, which is sitting down with some folks who follow Jesus and support Trump to listen to what their perspectives are and how yeah. they view the world. I think that would be a starting point. A good starting point.
2: A a good starting point, for sure. Because comprehension begins with conversation, Mm -hmm. and you're saying, why don't you listen to that person's perspective, and maybe you'll find out why they think what he's doing is good, even if they don't think who he is is good, although there are some people who might say who he is is good. Your point is you got to have a conversation.
4: Yeah, it all starts with relationship and Mm. and listening. Mm. And, you know, it's in that conversation, obviously, that you disagree and that you find points of agreement and you find how to – have c- civil conversations about things that you disagree mm-hmm. about.
2: Well, maybe the Lord was uh, good in teaching us through the Scripture that we're supposed to pray for our leaders, whether it's uh, a yeah. uh, Reagan or Bush or, or Clinton or Obama or Trump or whoever's next. Uh, we're called to pray for our leaders, and that's one thing that we, as a church, can do and be reminding each other of. If we would pray as much as we complain, then maybe, just Amen. maybe, we'd see the movement of God. Hey, Pastor Eric, thanks for hanging out. Thank with me. you so much. Eric Piccaro, the Vineyard Church. Coming right back. We're going to land this plane. It's real talk. Boom. With Dr. David Anderson.
8: Varicose
11: and spider veins. Wow. What a gift from my mom. She had them, I got them, and not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and I really hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked me, what are those things on your legs? I was done. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The procedure took about an hour and I was right back to work. What they're doing with lasers these days is unbelievable. The staff made me feel so comfortable and the results, well, Even my husband has noticed. Vein Clinics of America has been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced in the U.S. Look, I've been doing the commercials for vein clinics for years because I really believe in them. And you can trust them, too. The best part, my insurance covered the procedure. So stop hiding your legs. Call Vein Clinics of America now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-885-2900. 800-885-2900 That's 800-885-2900 We're
6: here at CreditRepair.com the most recognized name in the industry when it comes to resolving credit report issues and getting that credit score up. With me i got Aaron. Aaron, what happens when people call CreditRepair.com?
5: A lot. Just one call gets any listener a free credit score, free credit report, and a free personalized credit evaluation right over the phone. In just a few minutes you'll know exactly what's hurting your credit and get a personalized game plan to help restore it.
6: And that can make a huge difference when it comes to getting those things that we want, like a new car, a new house, or even a brand new job.
5: Absolutely. Your credit score is one of the first things lenders look at. And our proven process can help remove those unfair or inaccurate items, like late payments and collections from your credit report. In fact, on average, people who have used our service have seen significant improvement in their credit scores month after month.
2: What are you waiting for? Call creditrepair.com today. Call 800-851-5318. That's That's
9: 800-851-5318. 800-851-5318. Don Crow here. I'm sure you're aware that many of our brothers and sisters in Christ are suffering for their faith as never before in our lifetimes. Thousands of them being driven from their homes, imprisoned, tortured, and many more even being put to death, all because they have the same deep love for Jesus Christ that you and I have. And what can we do about it? Well, first, of course, we can pray, and we must. We can also advocate on their behalf as the opportunities arise. However, we can also send them Bibles, something they are literally begging us to do and which our current campaign with the Bible League International is really all about. $5 buys one Bible, 25 buys five, 50 buys 10, $100 buys 20, and so forth. So would you make that call right now? 1-800-YES-WORD, 1-800-937-9673. or you can give online at wava.com.
1: This is Rich Becker, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. The radio ministry of Real Talk with Dr. Anderson is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. If this nonprofit ministry is a blessing to you, will you prayerfully consider partnering with us? With an ongoing monthly gift of $30 or more, you'll become a Real Talk partner. As a way of saying thank you, we would love to send you a signed copy of Dr. Anderson's book, Gracism. Thank you for making this important ministry possible. We can't do it without you. Visit andersonspeaks.com and simply click the donate button to support Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's andersonspeaks.com.
2: I want to thank you so much for your support and hanging out with me today hey listen robert hicks says christ created all of the cultures i disagree thanks robert for your comments eric stagger says fear is why we cannot get there the fear that is going to cost me something that i don't want part to part with uh donna thank you so much for your comments as well as uh uh well, okay, go. Trump twenty twenty. I see you, Donna Stewart, uh, Brandon. Preach the Bible and not your opinion. Thank you for that, Donna. I really appreciate that. Okay, so Rich Nathan, I want to thank you for being here. You had your other pastors here as well from other campuses, your associate pastor. You're doing a great work uh in Columbus, uh, Ohio, and the vineyard churches are doing great work all around uh the country. Met one of your pastors from Miami. He's gonna be a new friend. I just know it. So great. what in the world are are you thinking as we land this plane on this topic, pastoring in the age of Trump?
3: Yeah, you know, I think sometimes uh, there was a previous caller that said, hey, you know, we're called to love. We're called to do our Christian thing. Uh, we're not called to engage in legal changes or with the law. That's the government's business, not our business. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with that. I, I think that. Uh, First of all, I think that we're really inconsistent with that. Those of us who are in uh, who care about the uh, abortion issue and the life cause would say, you know what? We can love and love and love, but there needs to be a change in the law in order to protect life. Mm -hmm. Uh, The same thing is true regarding immigration. Look, uh, we had a woman in our church who was Haitian uh, through a series of missteps with her lawyers and everything. They filed the wrong papers. She was living in Columbus, Ohio. Husband, uh, three kids. I s- picked her up, deported her from, th- from America. Mm. While the kids were in school, husband was at work. She was in the uh, Haitian earthquake. Uh, no way to come back. She was not legal in America, separated from her kids, separated from her husband. Unless there's mm. a change in the law, mm. there is no justice for that woman. Yeah. And so we can love, we can feed, we can do all that we do, but there are times where we Christians have to advocate, and that's but, true in every but age. But as
2: soon as you do that, you're going to have people like uh, like Donna Stewart Branner on my Facebook who says this is liberal talk radio. What do you do with that?
3: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, there are times where we have to agree to you're disagree. Just, you're, just, and you're,
2: just, you're just liberal because you're you're loving these people. We need to be more more justice and law oriented. What do you think? Well, and you, you got 20 seconds.
3: <laughs> you know, what I think is that, you know, I would bring I would want to engage Donna and talk with her about what does scripture say about immigration, what does scripture mm. say about uh, bringing us together across races, what does scripture talk, mm. s- speak to us about life. We, yeah. We're united around the word. And obviously at some point we will disagree and that's all right. We can still
2: love one another. You know what? Liberal, uh, conservative, these are all laborals, but we do know one thing about him. Anyone who's in Christ will find liberty. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you give us freedom, you give us liberty, and we just pray that you uh free our minds so that we'll know how to love like you would love, and we also, Lord, would learn how to do that which you call us to do in a way that brings you honor and glory. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Peace out.